go and globies you're completely cooled off at this point we had a nice relaxation period all of our synergies are synergized again our springs here springs here you know it's here because i shaved off my winter beard and griff grew his spring mustache that's right so spring is here it's back hold on let's yeah spring that's is the, sprung mm, that's the mustache bristling into the microphone this is clean face that's Don't clean face yeah exactly it sounds like a whisper Murray, we're going back to the land down under. Yeah, Australia. we were just there a couple weeks ago, but I felt the siren call one more time. Yeah, you heard that siren call. The oi. Oi! Oi! That's what it is. Fosters. <laughs> Beer. Uh, Koalas. It came up last week with Mike, and we got to give a huge shout out to the Internet Archive. Thank the fucking Lord for the Internet Archive, because you know where we get Supita Man from? The Internet Archive. Oh. Yeah. So this it, is where we get all our foreign films from. Right. Man from Hong Kong. What What did Prime want me to pay? Was it $5, $10? $2 for a 24-hour rental. Oh, it's $2? Yeah. Okay, okay. But we don't pay. I don't want to pay. You guys don't pay, so why should we? That's right. That's, my, that's what I looked at. <laughs> so I was glad that we were. I was looking around. I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to have to fucking pay for this shit. And then I was like... Let me try one other thing. Internet Archive. That beautiful bastard. Mike was telling us that uh, Sedaris's movie 7, I believe it was. Yeah. He downloaded from the Internet Archive. Beautiful website. All so the- now after you listen to our great uh, ep- review, you'll have no excuse not to watch the movie. That's right. I mean, we're going to sell the shit out of this movie. This is a pretty fun movie. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot about this movie, so I was like a little disappointed in it. It didn't live up to the hype. Okay. I still enjoyed it, but... Right. This actually did have some fun action scenes in it. Yeah, I mean, for 50 years ago, yeah. Right. I did like uh, quite a few of them. That, that fucking kitchen brawl went on forever, and I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, this was an Australian and Hong Kong co-production, hmm. so it... Have, even though 90% of it takes place in Australia, it was 50-50. Okay. It, so half was filmed there, half was filmed in Australia. And so we get uh, Jimmy Wang Yu from uh, Master of Flying Guillotine and the One-Armed Swordsman. So he was hot at that time. Okay. Maybe he was going to be the next Bruce Lee, they thought. Because I think originally Brian Trenchild Smith, the director, who, of course, directed Turkey Shoe, which we've already done, he wanted Bruce Lee, obviously. Everybody ah, wanted Bruce who Lee. Wouldn't? But then Bruce died, of course. And so this was his second choice. Because I don't think Jackie Chan hasn't ascended yet. So Bruce Lee probably would have signed on because you get you got This would have been awesome with Bruce. Bruce Lee could have pulled it off because the whole idea was Bruce Lee movies meets James Bond. And Bruce Lee has that coolness to him. He does have that relaxed coolness, let it come to you. This turkey got no game right at and all bruce lee has like a sexiness to him yes this, he probably has had sex where yeah, this guy yeah. jimmy's never wanged anybody let alone you that's a good yeah. play on his name yeah yeah and apparently he was a fucking piece of shit during the entire production of this film right he was like being a dick to every hated white people especially white women so he was a bit he was a dick to all that actresses that he had to do sex scenes with he probably loved his love interest who is in this movie for five minutes yeah even though he meets his love interest randomly 
And on their super hot, sexy date picnic montage, she actually pulls her eyes back and yeah, makes well, a Chinese. Chuckled. Yeah, he did. I'm sure the actor loved that she bit. She could have done the whole me Chinese, me play joke thing, which he didn't go she, that far. He did have a Coke there. Yeah, but nope, he was putting that Coke. As far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah, well, he, maybe, he probably could have because, like I said, he was a real dick to the people to the point where Roger Ward, who we all know and love, is Fifi from. I was... I was like, what? I've never seen this guy with hair and no mustache. He and I did not like it. Looks like a kitten with hair and no mustache. I did not like it. Mad Max, he, didn't he looks like intense. It. Yeah. yeah. And, and this he, movie. And he always and he kept that look till I don't know if he's alive anymore, but he kept that look through. He was in Turkey Shoot, he had the shaved head and the mustache. And so it threw me off. But he was like a professional wrestler. So at the point one point he goes to the director and he's like, Do you want me to straighten this motherfucker out? Because he's pissing everybody off. And God. they're like, no, 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 it's cool. Don't worry. He could about stretch it. the fuck out of that little guy. Right. And fuck him. Be cool, man. Especially if you're going to be making out with multiple women. Well, I think he was under the impression when he came there because he was kind of, in Hong Kong, he was a big star that he thought like he was going to direct the movie. Or at least yeah. like, because Brian Trenchall Smith was a newbie. And this might, I don't think this was his first movie. It was one of his first. And so I think he thought he was going to take over. Like, you don't know how to direct that. At the time, he, he probably had a point. Jimmy Wang Yu. Like, I think I, he would know more about flight choreography. Yeah, yeah. But still, you can be cool about it. I think he only had Stuntmen as the other one. Stunt Rock or something? Stunt like Rock. Yeah. Stunt Rock. That's a I movie think... I think people want us to do, but I don't know how we could do it. Because I believe all it is is people doing stunts and this band called Sorcery or something playing a concert. Wow. That might be a quick tippy-tap. I don't yeah. know if we could do an episode on that. Yeah, well, I'd have I... to look into it. I believe it's on like YouTube. It's we'll have available. To, we'll have to look into that, but... Uh... I did accidentally, because Australia is the theme, so I ended up watching a lot of Australian shit this week and not even realizing it. Was it like Mad Max, really dubbed in English, uh, American accents? No, I did not have to no. go through that bullshit. But uh, you guys brought up on our, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, well, technically, that's it. I know it's not, but... It had the only Australian bomb. Australian bomb. Which I learned, I always thought he got fired because people didn't like him. no. He got like full of himself, and they were like, they wanted to sign him for more uh, bonds. He's like, I'm too big for bond. Like he fucked himself. So yeah. George Lazenby, I don't feel bad. I used to feel bad for the guy because I always thought he was a decent bond. Yeah, but no, you fucked yourself, dude. Sorry. I thought he was good, and oh, Telly, Telly, Telly's great. Diane Riggs is the the, oh, fe- the Bond girl. She's great. I love Diane Riggs. Amazing. She was great too. Yeah. Oh, that- Bond girl, good enough for Bond to marry. That's right. I mean, I thought it was like something he married her uh, on a like working an angle or something. No, I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. And of course, that was the inspiration. That was like what the main Austin Powers movie was based on. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that he ends up marrying Vanessa at the end of Austin Powers, and they were loosely basing it on that. But Blofeld and the White Cat, right, yeah. Doctor Evil, so all that bullshit. But really fun movie. Really enjoyed that yeah, one. Underrated Bond movie. Yeah. And then I happened to come across just picking a movie on a whim here. I ended up at Dead End Driving. Yeah. No big deal. I was like, oh, this is an Australian movie? Didn't fucking know that. Going through the movie, getting to the end, the third night, the kids are stuck at the drive-in. What's going on on the screen? The man from Hong Kong. Great cross-promotion by Brian Chan-Smith. I couldn't believe it, so I had to look it up then, and then I realized it's the same director. Possibly writer, maybe just director. But yeah, so that was kind of cool. There's cuts of various scenes, but they're 
shot in a weird order. Out of so, continuity. Yeah. yeah, out of continuity. Um, and to top it off, not Australian at all, but I did watch, what is it? What was it called here? Uh, Alone in the Dark. Great Donald Pleasance feature. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure if I know that one. Yeah, I've, I want to say it was mid-80s. Okay. Um, and Donald Pleasance is playing. He's like um, a doctor for like really mentally unstable people and everything that happen to be murderers as well. But he's like the cool, free-loving type, and he's smoking out of a weird pipe and everything. And he's just like, everything is okay, everybody. He will not harm me. It's your friend. I can't remember his name in the movie. <laughs> Dr. P! And, uh, yeah, he gets brutally murdered. And he's like, what? <laughs> Love Donald Pleasance. So I had a fun time with movies this week. But, Murray, you keep reminding me. We got to talk. I mean, we've been so busy with guests. We've had three guests in a row. So you, I know everyone's clamoring. What have we been up to? Nobody what? even knew what we did for our birthdays. Griff went to Louisville. I fought a pit bull. That, and that's not even a joke. I fought a pit bull. It's not a joke. But, yeah, we got news that both of us are not particularly happy about. Even no. though it's starring someone we're for both fans of, right? Oh, yeah. Love Bob. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk. We are what we love, you know, from Mr. Show, from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. He's great and drunk. I didn't really care for that one movie he did. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, yeah. Where he was like the, the hid, action guy. Hidden badass. Yeah, no, I didn't. But you, as a, you, you sold it to me. Uh, it's just... He suddenly goes from zero to hero yes. instead of being like having really sloppy fights and everything. He's just yeah. like, I'm really good at this, actually. Yeah, it, it, it was almost like a thing where like his brain switched on. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. Too stylized? Way too stylized. Exactly. But uh, yeah, but he's still great as Saul and, you know, his Mr. Show characters. So, okay. Oh, boy. They're going to be doing, I'm sure you guys have already heard about it. Our, our fans are in the know about everything. So, but we'll tell you our opinion about it. They're going to be doing a remake of The Room by Tommy Wiseau. First of all, way to wait, way to strike while the iron is ice cold. Twenty years later, and uh, no, because I know what it's going to be. It's going to be one of these vanity projects where a bunch of comedians get together, friends, and they're all having a great time, and they're all they can almost have like winking constantly at the camera. And it's it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be the worst. They're all gonna let you know they're in on the joke, and that Tommy Wiseau is an asshole, and we need to make fun of him. Right. I don't. We don't need to see this. Even the because I read the book. My friend Sarah actually bought it for me uh, years ago uh, for my birthday and loved it. I thought the book was very interesting. It's taken from the perspective of Greg Sestero, I think his name is, who plays the male lead. In the original room. And so he was roommates with Tommy for a good while there. Because here's a newsflash. I didn't realize this. San Francisco is incredibly expensive. From what I hear, yeah. Yeah, and we question why there's a lot of homeless people there. But uh, so he's like, well, I'm not getting paid as an actor. It was made in San Francisco? I thought it was made in L.A. It was San Francisco? Well, I think they lived in San Francisco, but I'm sure they made it in like L.A. and everything. But Yeah. yeah. So Tommy had the place there, and he was like, "Yeah, I, you know, I think he, Tommy sold it to him as, I don't even live in this place I have in San Francisco. There's a big mystery on how Tommy got the mo- money to make the movie. Yeah. See, the lore and everything to Tommy Wiseau was so fascinating that that did, did you ever see the Franco movie? Yeah, did they cover any of that? 
They they tried to. They tried to get a little bit. Of, no, I actually I don't think they did. I think they just did uh, just the making of the movie. Yeah, they no. It was just uh, kind of like tales from the novel. Okay. And so they didn't. I don't think they got too much into how we made his money. It, I watched it in theaters. I haven't seen it since. Okay. And that movie came out probably in two thousand eight or something. Really? Ten, eleven. I don't know. Yeah, but it's been know. over a ten years. Okay. And we've watched thousands, hundreds of movies since then. At least two hundred fifty-two. But there, there's so many interesting stories to tell. Remaking this movie is going to be a complete, just well, it's always because, like I said, we can tell it's just going to be this friends getting together, making each other laugh. That's because you guys are having a good time. Doesn't mean we're going to have a good time watching it. That's yeah. why I always I steered I steered clear of those Knives Out movies because I get that vibe off those movies. Like it's very like. Hey man, we're just a bunch of superstars, and we're just gonna have a laugh and have a good time. And I saw the first one, and I thought it was very okay. I was sick yeah. of people saying it was so good. I don't like Ryan Johnson as a director at all, except for that. You, you said your favorite Star Wars movie. Yes, of course, because my because Luke milked a yes. creature and then sucked. The I actually teeth. haven't seen the movie. I've seen yeah. the clip, yeah. and I have it. You know, just like people redo the steamed buns, uh, steamed hams. Thing from the Simpsons and thousands, thousands. I saw that clip of him milking, milking the an alien, creature. alien, sentient being. Thousand times, thousand different artists redrawing it, reprogram. Yeah, that's yeah. And here's seen. the thing: I have no real hardcore connection with the room. I was have late. You even I was, seen it yet? Yeah, I was late to the party. I knew about it, and by the time like I it got around to me, I just didn't care. It, it was over, you know. So I was like, I don't need to see it until about five years ago. Our buddy Hair Metal Sean, who had the Blu-ray, was like. Watch this. Oh, okay. And I watched it, and I get why people like it. I, didn't, I wasn't like excruciating to watch, but I mean, it was a movie. It was a movie that went nowhere. I mean, oh, no. it didn't, but it's perfect. I for, get why it's like it has its follow. It, yeah, because we love our misunderstood genius. We yeah. love the authenticity of the movie. Tommy thought he was making high art, right? That's where the joke is. That's where everything. The complete is. opposite of what the remake's going to be. Exactly. It ruins it. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be so annoying. I I can't wait to hear everybody on the internet go. Oh my god! I can't wait to see Ben Affleck as Tommy Wiseau. No, it'll be no. It's gonna be uh, Ben Stiller. It's ben gonna be, Stiller. It's gonna be that kind of that, that group. Like David Cross will probably show up. He'll be the little kid guy. Oh yeah, there we go. You know, all that. Oh, shit. I can't remember his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a lot of that. And yeah, we we object. We're boycotting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you should boycott it. Ten so. whole dollars. Gone right there. Unless 20. I hate- you submit, you haven't been it's a, you haven't been a movie in ten years. It's like fucking ten, fifteen dollars to see a movie now. Yeah, I only go and to matinees. Not, yeah, that's like a matinee is like ten fucking twelve dollars. Is it no? It's fucking well, I don't know. I haven't been to the movies. Last movie I was at was I was with you. No. So uh, I don't know. And the last few movies we've gone to, of course, have been free for us because they were we Well, they weren't free. Our I, pay, friend, I paid for our mine. Friend, excuse me, our friend bought out the theater yeah. and he said, Of course you guys are free of charge. Well, no, he did that to you. <laughs> I paid him. Motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. Talking, he's a motherfucker for making me pay. Not you. Motherfucker, motherfucker. He motherfucker, motherfuckered me. Yeah. No, I was just doing the motherfucker, motherfucker. But enough of a movie we don't want to see. Let's talk about a movie we do want to see because we watched it two days ago. The okay. Man from Hong Kong. Um, I think we went over it already. We kind of already did. Are we ready for just the fucking uh, the trailer? 
I mean, we got everybody teased up already. We got everything on cover. We we talked about movies. We did. We talked about kicking pit bulls. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. It was an act I, of defense. Everybody. Murray doesn't was. just walk around. I, I hate that I was put in that position. But if, if it's if it's my dog or that dog, it's, it's your dog's gonna get fucked up. Dog's gonna get fucked up. Murray bruised his toe. I did. I kicked the dog so hard in its fucking concrete block head mm. that I bruised the like knuckle on my toe. That's fucked up, man. It is fucked up. It's fucked up. But what isn't fucked up is this trailer. If you like hang gliding. Oh, my God, we do. Then hang in for the the end of this trailer (laughs) for the man from Hong Kong. Listen, there's a Chinese cup in town. He's beginning to annoy me. Yeah, I think he should meet with a slight accident. Jimmy Wong Yu is the man from Hong Kong. A furious arsenal of martial arts. With his sights set on smashing organized crime. country, Caroline. We have a sport. We take the giant praying mantis, put him in the wooden cage, and make him fight for his life with his own kind. I thought you would enjoy such a sport. You and Jack Wilton in a wooden cage. <laughs> He's a very dangerous man. George Lazenby is Jack Wilton. Gun runner, Dope peddler, ruthless czar of international evil. I've never met a Chinese yet that didn't have a yellow streak. East meets West in a head-on clash with no holes barred. Golden Harvest, who made Bruce Lee a box office smash have joined with Australia's action specialists to produce a death-defying spectacle that staggers the senses. The man from Hong Kong knows no rules. Everyone he runs across is never quite the same again. I understand the gunman is dead. How did that happen? I killed him. Really? Well, in that case, you deserve a cigar. Thank you. I don't smoke. Tell me, Inspector, do you often take white girls to bed? Only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is nice. What did you expect? Acupuncture? So do yourself a favor and answer a few questions. Yeah, and I love you too. This is Australia, mate. Not 55 days at Peking. 
day. Don't give me any shit. Provoke him at your peril. I want that lunatic stopped. Nothing stands in his way. For long. Nobody's safe. From the man from Hong Kong. We are opening up. That was a great trailer. Maybe it explains something. Maybe it was just it sound did. effects. It explained everything. Because, oh, you actually watched the trailer? No, because I saw Brian Chenchild Smith talking about he he uh, cut the trailer himself. And he says, yeah, I gave everything away in the trailer. Mm. I probably gave away too much, but hey. Did it say anything, though? Because often those trailers I, will just show people I shooting and combat I think noises. it was a combination. Okay. I hope so. Because I hate when I have to leave people with a minute of, oh, it's great. But just like, yeah, just a car revving is sucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, We do have some long car chase. You know, some people say that we're the long car chase of podcasting, but you (laughs) get it. No, you got it all wrong. We're gold. Something happens when we talk. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yeah, so we start out. We've got a prologue for setting up the man from Hong Kong. We got a prologue, huh? Well, yeah, we don't go right to the main title. Right, it's James Bond. Exactly. You got to mm-hmm. have that action scene, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the man from Hong Kong in it, though. That's yeah. the thing. It sets up a guy that I I wanted to see more of, uh, Bob Taylor. I thought played by uh, Roger Ward, aka Fifi. Yeah, I thought the Bond thing was always a not like a completely different mission that leads in. And yeah. uh, in Her Majesty's Secret Surface. 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 What is Her Majesty's Secret Surface? <laughs> well, clearly, Murray. It shaved? It's the butthole. Oh, is it, is <laughs> and, it shaved? Yes, it's bleached, okay. too. That's why she died. Bleach <laughs> OD. Tide pot up the butthole. Um, but in in that movie, it like, uh, what's her name? I don't remember what her name even was in it. But she's introduced into the beginning of the movie, and they meet, and the rolls from there. So it was kind of cool how that worked out. Yeah, well, this one we're at Ayers Rock, which is a, a big landmark. Which at at this time you could, as we see in the movie, you could climb up it. Now they, I guess it's a sacred spot for Aborigines, so they actually acquiesced finally and Good said, for "No, them. you can't go up and fuck with it anymore." But at the time, you could do that. And as you can see because they had like a chain that ran up the whole thing. You could use to walk up. Yeah, that's seventies, man. Yeah, so we see there's a tourist bus coming to this landmark, and right. we see a, a unsavory character who's got a, a suitcase with full of money, right, and a scar on his face. No, this is no, this is different. This oh, is, you're going for the greasy guy. Yes, this is the guy with the money. The greasy guy's already at the. He's not on the bus. Okay. Yeah, he had a car. He's parked. You're at the, right. He had yeah. a car, and uh, yeah, he has a suitcase full of money and a gun. Oh yeah. And then we're on the bus, and we see. I from recognize this guy. This is Sam O Hung, dude, from all the many Jackie Chan movies. He's known for being fat. He wasn't that fat in this one. He was actually. Svelte. He looked like Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee. Yeah, the comedian, modern comedian. He had that same kind of pudgy face and everything. He had an awful fake scar on his face. I like, don't know about like you. Hanging that, off. It was something that came out of the creepy crawler kit. He had Chucky haircut. Yes, he did. So he's looking great. <laughs> he looked great. And he was looking nervous. And we see an unfamiliar face to me because it was a naked face naked. and a, a fucking clothed head. Imagine Tom Selleck with no mustache. Thank you, you can't. Right, yeah. Fucking Roger Ward, a.k.a. Bob Taylor. Right. 
He could I'll see police, man. He could literally go out, Tom Selleck, and murder 100 people right now, and the police would be like, we're on the lookout for Tom Selleck. He could shave his mustache. Nothing would identify him. Fingerprints no. would somehow change. His blood type would change. Right. That's how big it is for Fifi right. to be missing yeah. his mustache. Yeah, so I was, like, stunned for a second. Yeah, okay, who I is went, this turkey? Yeah, I went with it. Turkey shoot. Turkey and shoot. And he's watching this guy. We noticed that they're, they have a similar briefcase. Well, not even briefcases. Yeah. They're like... It's a suitcase. Just a flimsy vinyl suitcase. Well, it's not a Kinshata case. So Samo gets off and Bob's pretending to be a tourist. So he's like taking pictures, but he's getting evidence. He's oh, a yeah. cop. Yeah. You and know then, when you're taking a picture, you should always stand behind people. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see the switcheroo. We saw it in Monkey Hustle. That's right. That's probably where Samo got the idea. Definitely is. And Bob's like, all right, the switch has been made. Calls in the chopper. Right. Everyone, the bad guy's scattered. The greasy guy goes to his car. Samo runs up Ayers, Ayers Rock. He doesn't right. know what to do. He's got the agility to run up the rock. So he's going to be running up that rock. We got Bob now chasing after him. He's not looking agile. He's oh. got, you know, tight pants on and everything. Yeah, it, was he's his, got- it was his style. He's got a $500 camera around his neck that he's got to be careful about. Right. The police precinct's going to want that back. Right. So he goes up, chases Samuel. They cut to the chase. They just fight, and Bob gets the best of them. Meanwhile, the other guy who had the, who got picked up the money, because it was a drug trade. Well, he picked up the drugs, I should say. Samuel got the money. Yeah, it's clean, <clears throat> straight, Australian's finest. Actually, Hong Kong's finest. Heroin. Was it heroin? Yes, it was heroin. Okay. Because cocaine is from South America. Oh, right. Of course. And so, come on. We've done so many heroin cocaine movies. I'm not used to people gumming heroin, when are we doing? When are we doing Scarface? Are we actually going to do Scarface? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I, no, I, here's the thing about Scarface. You can tell a, a lot about a person's intelligence and, and like, taste if they think Scarface is an actual good movie, like it's an it's an entertaining movie. Don't get me wrong. I find Scarface entertaining, but there's people who think it's like Academy Award like level. It's like yeah. they're usually dumb. I thought it I thought it did win awards. I don't think so. No, it was it was trash. Okay, we're gonna actually be doing a few Brian De Palma movies next month, so we'll be doing some. Beautiful, I mean, Brian De, Brian De Palma <laughs> does great trash, but it's still trash. Mm-hmm. All right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. No, we're in the John Waters This camp. is our whole fucking show is about, for the most part. Exactly. Learning to love our trash. I mean, come on. And, and not intellectualize it. Just go, I love it, but for what it is. I don't need to put a metaphor on this thing Exa- about fucking society. When we were talking about dead-end driving off mic, I was just saying, yeah, I just kind of went along with the ride. There's, It's crazy dystopian shit. I love that. You know, Australia was big on that because their country's vast and empty. And so... There, when I watched it again, 10 years later, last night, I was like, oh, fuck, this is trying to do a whole social commentary type thing. Yeah. I don't enjoy this movie as much anymore because it was a whole, you know, people living off the government. Then they yeah. welcome in immigrants and they're like, yeah, yeah. get these fucking people out of here. Well, I'm glad you said that because there's none of that in The Man from Hong Kong. It's exactly zero. kick in action. Except for the one pull back my eyes. Yeah, that, was, that, that was a little. That was very topical. Right. So the guy who's got the heroin takes off. A chopper just follows him. He just crashes his car on his own. But when the because you got to have cars always explode in movies, no matter like a fender bender, they explode. Right. Did you notice? And this was this they would do this with CGI now. Fucking car door goes flinging, flying toward the camera, like barely misses the camera. No shit. Goes, 
it's like, and that that would have been a CGI shot nowadays, but that just happened. That was just a lucky thing that just happened. God damn. I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't keen enough on this movie to watch it a second time. All right. Where I would have caught that. Anyways, so uh, Chan, this is our agent man yeah, with the scar. Wing Chan, played by Sammo Hong. Like you said, he he's chased all the way up the fucking uh, the rock there, yeah. caught by Bob. And, you know, they're going to check that bag. By the way, Sam-O supposedly did the fight choreography for this movie as well. Sam-O? Sam-O Hong. Sam-O Hong, okay. Yeah, who's playing Wing Chan. Okay. And so they they get his bag. They open it up. Everybody else has incredibly colorful money. Like, look at that. I got Icelandic money. I got my New Zealand money up there. Colorful. Ours is just the bear's bullshittiest green. Would you like colorful money here? That's what sets us apart. That makes our it's school all about green. I like it. All about the green. Now we got to say it's all about the red, yellow, and blue. That's right. Like, and that could be confusing. It might seem like uh, some people who might. Kanye's see? back. Do you know about this whole yeah, thing? Yeah, I already liked uh, Twenty One Jump Street. So he <laughs> likes Jews again. We can never be as funny as Kanye West. He's the funniest man alive, and also dangerous. But anyways. So they arrest uh, Samuel because he ain't he ain't smuggling sherbet, baby. It's heroin. Like you said, I'm not used to gumming heroin. So that's why Chan ain't off. talking because he don't know English. And he just says you can shove it up your ass and then close it on the way out. That's right. He and might be smuggling heroin up his ass, too. So Bob's like, I guess we go to call in a man from like Hong Kong. I know a man from Hong Kong. Then we get that great song that cost them 50 grand a license from the band Jigsaw. Maybe it was big in Australia. I've never fucking heard of. Rocking out the sky high. It's no licorice rope. I'll say that much. It is not. Come aboard the licorice ride. But I was like listening to this guy's very weird voice. I was like, I think there's Uncle Acid in the, in the Deadbeat. I think they <laughs> got their sound from fucking Jigsaw. So I guess Jigsaw did something well. So, and it sky high fits because there's a lot of hand gliding going on in this opening oh, scene. Oh, boy. Not since we watched uh, Massacre right. at Central High. Which, we... by the way, our friend Mel, who did we did a Rucker Horror movie, was raving about our episode just yesterday. Oh, thank you, Mel. He said the, the nuances, the subtle nuances we brought to that movie. Thank you. That's what we try to do. You know, everyone's telling us, you got to shorten your podcast. You got to shorten. We're the only people out here doing the real investigative work, telling you the whole fucking story. Right. Everything's in context because we don't leave anything out. <laughs> right. We're thorough. You know, by the time you're done, you don't need to see the movie because we've, we've told you the movie. The movie is in your head now. But you're more than welcome to check out the movie to uh, correct our work. On archive.org. On Internet Archive. Internet Archive. And I don't know if it's a .org. Just search Internet Archive. I'm pretty sure it's an org. You are going to be excited about this. Yes. I was invited... To participate in Google's own chat GPT. And so I signed up for it. Okay. And we'll see. Intrigued. Because we're going to come up with a lot of questions. And we're going to be saying, who's the best action star? You know, we're going to propose all these questions. Is Rucker Howard. Right. No, I want to say, write a movie starring Steve James. That'll take a while. Let's We'll work I on I want to see what they could do with We'll that. have a lot of fun with this, hopefully. Anyways. So, all right, here we now we're introduced to Jimmy Wang Yu, and he's like he's like uh, firing a gun, perfect headshots, no Abilene blood in this guy at all. First of all, you don't know how to fuck. Second of all, he knows how to shoot. Right. 
And so we're getting a nice little montage of this, the badassery. He's kicking some like recruits' asses from the Hong Kong police. Right. I mean, if you're going to have any, just like in a wrestling match, you got to have them beating up jobbers and everything. you got to show this guy is big. So when I'm seeing the hand gliding, I'm thinking, that's Jimmy Wang Yu. That's Fang, his character's Fang. Name. No, it's not. It's a mildly, somewhat attractive Australian woman. Yeah. Who lands right in the middle of the Hong Kong Square, whatever the police department and she, she's her name's Caroline, but is her name Karen Line? Because <laughs> she pulls the white woman card. Because they're like, this is highly unusual. Because, of course, obviously, Jimmy Wang, he, was first, he probably didn't even know English. He did. It was probably broken. So they had to dub him. This, right. I accepted this. You know, I hate Australian movies that have dubbing in them ever yes. since Mad Max. I accepted this. Because it was done by the guy who uh, poisoned uh, Indiana Jones at the beginning of Temple of Doom. And He did the voiceover. He did a very stiff, shitty job, by the way. <laughs> hey. He's, he's supposed to be suave. He's supposed to be James Bond. Right. And the acting alone does not work for him. He doesn't exactly... I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy. He just doesn't have like he's that... He's just nerdy-looking. He's, he's not just ugly. He's just nerdy. nerdy. Like our Australian James Bond. I forget his name. George Lazenby. He also was not like the most handsome man in the world, but he had that rugged, yeah, like rugged. good look to him. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, yeah!" This guy looked like a little boy. He looked like a child. I'm yeah. sorry, you look like a child. And he's like, "Wow!" It sounds like you act like a child too. Not you kiss even. like a child, fucking licking all <laughs> oh over faces. God. It's not every day someone lands in. He's like, "Well, I'm an Australian woman. I can do whatever I want. I'm a journalist." Yeah, she's a journalist. She's learning about hang gliding firsthand. That's right. Would you, I think we probably went over this with Central Park, but would you ever hang glide? I would never fucking get up in a hang glide. I think I would. How would you learn how to do that? Because like, I'm sure now you got to go with somebody. Like parachuting, you have to go with somebody now. Yeah, yeah. But I bet back then it's just like, wing it. Just fucking go. And right. I would. It's terrifying. Uh, I don't think I would ever be able to do it if they were like, all right, there you go. Go on your own. <laughs> I would never be able to do that. But yeah, I could do it with like somebody actually Did you, I saw a it. clip on somewhere... Guy was doing the hang gliding. They forgot to like click him on. Like so, he's literally hanging Hang. off of the guy. Fuck man, you, he probably came back and he was just he. Grew, he was literally hang gliding. He grew muscles the size of the Grinch's heart after you know it was all grown and everything. So yeah, this is a little meat cute. She's a journalist. This, Doing a story on hand gliding. Yeah, she should be doing a story about Me Too because she's about to be Me Tooed. Or he's about to Me Too her. I don't know how Me Too is supposed to be used in that context. Because she's just like, she literally commits a crime by hang gliding into the police compound. But she was a white woman, so it's not a crime. But technically. The misunderstanding when a white woman does I understand what you're trying to say here, but it's like, technically it's a crime. And so he's hanging that over her head. And he's like, I could take you down to the police precinct right now, but instead I'm going to take you up to this beautiful cliffside where he could, A, dump the body, B, toss her off, three, have his way with I think her. she's going to toss him off. That's right. Well, yeah, she could fucking armbar that man easily. So she's like, let me tell you about your country because that's what us white people do. Yeah. Let me tell you about your Even Wilton does that to him later in the movie. Right. Well, he's a villain. He should do that. Yeah. And she's just like, look, Hong Kong is great for kite lifting. They call hang gliders kites, apparently, here. But it's because of the awful pollution. Right. This, 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 this country is beautiful, but it stinks like dog shit. Right. <laughs> and how can you as a cop afford a Mercedes? And he's like, let me show you. Let me take you home. God, I don't know the, what he said. The implication to all this is, 
I could imprison you in China where you can't even speak the language. You won't know what the fuck's going on here. I could do that at any point. Why well, not I... China? This is Hong Kong. This is when the British oh. British should, oh. Okay, know, so this is oh, okay. so it was somewhat safe. Okay. But it, anyway, it's still a foreign nation to her. Right. It's under the Queen's rule, though, is what I'm learning. So as we learned in the 70s, this is okay to do this, to strong-arm a woman from sex by threatening to put them in jail. Right. I, that's why I said it's not the Me Too movement yet. So they go back. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you got lost, but no, you're no, just disgusted I, by this. 0, 0.0 on the Swedish yeah. scale. Uh, this guy had no sexual... Cor- fight choreography? Up the ass. No, I like a lot of his action scenes, but... Did not translate to the when he's when he's fucking horizontal. Did no. not translate. No, he's on top of her. Goes in for the kiss and just licks her face like a, I've seen dogs give more romantic kisses to a chick with peanut butter on her face than this guy. That's what it looked like. Like what? Like was, yeah, he didn't know. How, I, it's like did he ever kiss a woman before? Like Fuck maybe a- that's maybe maybe there's the French kiss, which is the one most people do, where you put the tongue in the mouth. In the mouth. Maybe the Chinese kiss, you lick around the mouth because that's what he's doing. Maybe oh. maybe it's a cultural misunderstanding. I'm not getting it. I I maybe it is. Maybe maybe we're ignorant to a cultural you know fucking thing here. But we're watching this. We know the feats and scale. The feats and scale does not see race. It does not see color. No, it it just not. sees movements it hears music it feels environment it sees the lighting in the room it's you know it's a beautiful scale that trends no you know trails all boundaries what is the word anyways this is fucking awful yeah and there's usually we write in the notes keep in mind this is supposed to be the chinese james bond yes chinese i watched james bond fuck 19 women in on her majesty's secret service and he got on her majesty's secret service and it was hot secrets out the secret is out. <laughs> no, we did not even write speeds and sail into the notes because no. there's no point. There's no music playing. Nothing. And there's no sexual movements or choreography. There's no lying. There's no like leading her on. Let me tell you about your family well, heritage. There, there is a line. You know, you're my first Chinese. Have you ever been with a white woman? I only fuck white women on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's how he delivered the... Well, he didn't deliver the line. That's how David Chow delivered the line. I, I would say he sold him short, but it, no, he got it right. <laughs> yeah. This it guy reminded me of fucking Pee Wee Herman and, and uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he's in the movie because they make a movie of Pee Wee's Big Adventure where James Brolin plays oh. P.W. Herman. Okay, I've never... So they gave a role to Pee Wee as uh, a hotel clerk and they dubbed his voice like, Beijing Mr. Herman. Beijing Mr. Herman. You've done this before. Mr. Herman yeah. To the front desk. Amazing. Yeah, that's what is that equivalent to that. All right. So, so he gets the call. Yeah, Fang has climax 14 times because he's a child. And he's like, I got to get back to merry old Australia. Back yeah. to? Well, he's no. going to he's for going the first to. time. Because he's got to get, because he's been looking for Wing Chan, played by Sam Hong. Right. He's reviewing the files because he's a great detective and everything. He's flying. He's not even flying first class. He's no, flying he's a commercial. Cow. Yeah. Well, you know, he does have a Mercedes. Right. <laughs> I do have a Mercedes. So yeah, he, he's met, and he's met by Bob Taylor, played of course by Fifi, and another familiar face that we just talked about two weeks ago. Oh, Murray keeps bringing up that. Yeah, well, my hair's down right now, but man, I've getting the toe cutter fluff going. Yeah, fucking uh, Hugh Keys burned the toe cutter, playing a, playing a, a bronze, a bronze. That's right. Yes, they call the cops bronze. Murray Gross. 
Oh, that's a perfectly named character because he's supposed to be the slob cop. Right. So he's got, I mean, he still can't tame that rock star hair. It's just flowing. It's so good. And he's not, like, we're used to, this is supposed to be, and I'm going to say the word dirty cop in a different sense, though. He's a narcotics cop. Right. So he is clean compared to Toke. He's a filthy cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's wearing rags and everything. He looks like he's wearing a tunic with a belt over it. So he's, like, doing some uh, Tolkien cosplay here. He's working on his his, his look. It's amazing. And, but... What I realize is, like, I do kind of want to see more of his movies because yeah. I do like his acting. He style. didn't do a lot. He didn't do a lot. He didn't no. do enough. Like, he's in the first act, gets maybe three who scenes. Is, who is casting movies in the seventies, eighties? We talk about so many actors. They're so like mesmerizing. Like your eyes go to them, right? And then you look at their IMDb, and it's like ten movies, right? And, and- he wanted to be in movies. Like, yeah. you told me, like, he was th- uh, theater trained and, yeah. you know, did all the different kind of, like, uh, uh, um, oh, God Shakespeare. damn. Shakespeare and uh, accents and everything. Yeah, I did and all the accents. I loved him in this movie, and I love him as Toe Cutter. I wanted more well, of Well, yeah, we definitely needed more of Maury and Bob because they kind of disappear after the first act. And we've talked about the fact that Fang is a drip. Right. No personality. And so our personality came from Bob and Maury, right. who literally after the first 35 minutes of this movie, barely in this They're movie. They're always this cleanup crew for, right. for uh, Fang. And that is why, I mean, give this movie a try to see how much of a drip Fang is, but my God, we need a more Bob and Murray. Right. So Maury, excuse me. <laughs> so it's all right already. There's a culture shock. It's Fang has got his, turtle, his nice crisp turtleneck. Maury's, like you said, floppy tunic. Right. With the belt around it. He introduces himself to Bob, no problem, and then looks over at Maury, and he's just like, what the fuck's going on with this guy? Yeah, he's like, is this guy a criminal? Are you, you, you going to arrest him, too? And he's like, no, he's working with us. Because he's been working the case for two years, this fucking drug case. Right. So they're going over because, of course, like, this is, this is a like, fish-out-of-water story, so Maury's got to, like, and he's feeling, like, because Maury thinks they can do it on their own. They don't need this fucking man from Hong Kong. So there's already tension between these guys. And so he's like, he lets them know, look, look, mate, I don't know how you do it in Hong Kong, but you can't be beating up anybody. You know, you got to question him, mate. He's like, do not worry. I will question him. So they bring him to the prison where uh, Wing Chan is at. Right. They They need the name of the big man. He's just a little scrub, a minion. We all know the story, how it unfolds for a drug cartel and everything. We know there's the minions on the streets and everything. There's the ones who get caught and you got to get the contact and work up the ladder who ends up being somebody inside, you know, the police agency or whatever, you know. So I like this because Australia, they got outdoor cells. This guy's hanging out outside. He's got a little table. He's he's got some fucking tea and biscuits going on. I don't remember that. Well, she didn't watch as closely as I did. Well, then why did they take him into a cell? Well, they did because they were like, we don't want to be overheard yelling at well, him. Well, maybe he was just out for his uh, exercise time or whatever they give him. It wasn't. It wasn't the exercise yard. It was just like a little relaxation yard. Well, that's how chill fucking Australians are. That's why nobody's getting murdered in Australia. For a a, a, a country founded on prisoners. Well, they know what how shitty prison is, so they're like, look, let's reform. Let's reform. Let's actually rehabilitate. That's the goal, right? Right. 
So if it works for Toe Cutter, he's a respectable cop now. He's a respectable cop just a few years ago. <laughs> Actually, this came out before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Chan ain't talking. So Fang's like, can I speak to him privately? And he's just like, hey, what? don't put the thumb screws on him, mate. All right. Because that's what he's doing. He's forcing him into the room with a thumb screw. Maury. Maury. The narcotics gross cop is like, fucking take it easy. You're in Australia now. We don't torture people here. It's okay. He's Chinese. And I'm Chinese. Yeah. Bob is just like, well, you know, <laughs> when in Rome. Whatever, mate. Let him do it. <laughs> so they shut the door. They're looking in the little window. And they're like, I need my privacy. All right, we'll be down the street playing some pool. Why don't you guys go to the bar and get some of these Fosters I've heard about? They sound tasty. <laughs> so, <laughs> ringing endorsement from Murray. Eddie, oh. I've heard of this Vegemite. I'd like to try it. All right, we'll go get some. So they fuck off to the bar, which apparently you can get their Vegemite bars in Australia. I didn't know yes. that. Oh, my God. There's just fountain on some bread. A fountain of Vegemite. It just sludges I thought it was out. Like, I thought it was more like fondue. They have pots of Vegemite. You scoop <laughs> it out. There out. is a fondue pot in our lovemaking scene later. Of course there is. It's the fucking 70s. Australia 70s, man. So they fuck off to there, and then he's like, you know, hey, tell me, tell me what's going on. Who's the big man? And of course, fucking Chan is like, I ain't telling you shit. And then so we're going back and forth between the bar where our our, our the real stars, Maury and Bob are at, and right? Chan and Fang is at. So he's like, he starts fucking pummeling Chan in the prison. It takes no time. Hey, give me a name. No. Grabs the fucking little stool next door and just starts bashing this guy in the face. And then they cut over to Bob and Maury. More than these Chinese have a thousand torture techniques, mate. Ever heard of the water torture? We cut back over. Chan is putting up a little bit of a fight, but he's getting fucking pummeled. Because this right. is supposed to be Bruce Lee cop. Right. And you know how he finishes his little torture act? A swirly. Water torture. Water torture. Did you notice, though? Please. When when he flushed his head down, the water went counterclockwise. I did, of course. Yeah. Coriolis effects. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Simpsons. And then he's like, Wilton. He finally spits out a name. It worked. Torture works, people. We learned that under the Bush, Bush administration. Right. Celebrating 20 years of rehabilitating Iraq. Great right. job, Guantanamo. America. Guantanamo. Still needs to be open for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Half the people have been proven not to be criminals, but... Got to keep it open and got to keep them in prison. Well, cause, yeah, because then we'll be in trouble. That's so right. Bob and Maury return. They learn about Wilton. All right. They, they, they always suspected this guy. So Maury's like, all right, Mike, you can take him and get the fuck out of here. We know who we got right now. Right. We don't need you anymore. You did your job. You got the name. You got the lead. We'll do the rest. So they're escorting uh, Chan out. For some reason, Maury and Bob are handcuffed to Chan. They're right. really making sure this guy doesn't get loose. Got to be safe. And as they're walking, we see a guy in a building across the street putting together a sniper rifle. I don't like the looks of this. I don't like it either. You can't. Australia's not even. Wait, was it years later that they banned all their guns there? Yeah, but I still, I still think they had sensible strict. fucking gun laws back then. A sensible is instead of using the word strict, sensible. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I don't have a problem if you want like a right, like a like a single shot. Like we have to like cock it every time rifle like a hunting rifle yeah, or yeah, a yeah. shotgun or a fucking revolver i'm fine with that right. i don't know why people need bazookas and machine guns now right 
But that's I've, just me. I'm crazy. I live in the ghetto where people kill people with guns. Exactly. You know. You know? Yeah. So, hey, we got we got our own sh- uh, Jack Ruby situation here. The guy shoots fucking Wing Chan dead. Right. So our boys are both handcuffed to this dead body. They can't get out. So our fucking man from Hong Kong goes into action. Feng literally just does Spider-Man danger sense tra- trajectory, realized where the bullet came in. It's like the well, guys- he saw the reflection off of the scope. Oh, he saw the reflection off the scope. Yeah, okay. the light reflected off it, so he pinpointed where that it was. That was literally what the movie did? I don't know. I'm oh, just, okay. I'm trying to make sense of this. I'm trying to make sense of it, too, by just making it supernatural. So I thought you were actually giving me the real... Uh, maybe big, it did happen. I don't know. I watched a couple days ago. Maybe Fang smells crime. I don't know, but don't he know. knows exactly where he's running to. And somehow the shooter knows who... Okay, for the sake of the podcast, we learn later the shooter's name was Bradley, I believe. Okay. And so Bradley takes off running. Why this guy who came on a motorbike parked it three miles away is beyond me. How do we know it was his motorbike? It might have been stolen. That's the only thing that makes sense here. I think it was because we get a foot chase. Our boys, the cops get loose, but they're they're always like a couple blocks behind. We got everybody because this was, I don't know what it was, but people were, tourists were taking pictures of shit. And then all their attention turns to the dead person who was shot. They're not screaming. They're not panicking. Oh, shit, Mike. Someone just died. Well, he was Chinese, so they didn't really care. It's just like dead-end driving. Oh. Oh, my God. The movie makes sense now. So uh, Fang goes chasing. The guy catches up to the guy. The guy, you said, the guy jumps on a motorbike and immediately gets kicked off by Fang. That was cool. It was cool. That was cool. And then the guy runs into a restaurant, into the, the kitchen of a restaurant. Murray did fail to notice. Very walkable city. Well, yeah, they're walking in. Very runnable city, too. Very runnable city. Back streets, the alley life. Oh, I want to be an alley cat so bad. I want to hang out in alleys and, like, I don't know, shoot the shit with people back there. Yeah, I don't, because you know what lives in alleys? Zarg <laughs> Well, these are dry alleys I want to hang out in. I'm not hanging out in those Zarg alleys. So, yeah, I wonder the Zarg because of the drought in <laughs> California, Zarg population must be fucking zero. I, they migrated. Well, Where did they migrate? To? I was just going to say, we Seattle? know we know what happens when, like, one environment pushes someone to the brink. It's like they're going to adapt. So Zargathos mm. are going to become dry creatures soon. Thank you, drought. But, yeah, I think they might be slowly moving away. Yeah, yeah Seattle. Oh, I don't know if we have any Seattle people. Keep an eye out. Anybody from Seattle? Look out. Keep an eye out. Frazier Crane, I know you're getting a new show. Keep an eye out. He's going back to Boston, though. Oh, that's the remake's going back to Boston? Yeah, that's what he's going to, because his wife is going to be on the show. Lilith. Lilith? Oh. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's they right. They got divorced on, they weren't divorced Yeah, 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 no. Frasier, but, I should know this, but yeah. You know. I watch Frazier every night. So we get a pretty good fight scene. I mean, there's the guy grabs a fucking Ginsu knife. Very this is the 70s after all. Uh, Fang grabs a frying pan, so they're going back and forth. Fang gets sliced across the back with the I'll Ginsu. give that to Fang. He does he does take his wounds like a champ. He gets cut across his yeah, back. Yeah, he unsagalish. He shows vulnerability because at one point the guy grabs a cord from a telephone, and starts strangling. Thing. Completely, he's got him over too. This guy's got height, maybe a little bit of weight on him, and everything. But he's putting his weight into that phone choke, and Fang is selling it. So, if this guy could have got out of his ego, I'm big in Hong Kong. I was in two Shaw Brother movies. You know, he could have been probably really fucking good. 
but he was a dickhead and licks lady faces. Right. Uh, he probably won't go down on a woman either. Of course not. All no. he does is lick their faces, no. and he just won't go he down ne- there. Well, and... He never has to take a shower afterwards. Because <laughs> we learned last week, that fucking pussy stank sticks with you. Wait, how did we learn that? We learned that last week because there were so many shower scenes. Uh, oh, that's right. That's in right. In Malibu. But it's, uh, it's so worth, the pussy smells so worth getting that you put up with it. <laughs> and, well, I want to say put up with it then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because put up makes it seem like, oh, that was awful. Well, no, the results are awful. The residue is awful. <laughs> the, the The journey is is fabulous. It's the it's it's you know they always say that it's the journey that's really what it is, and the goal really isn't that big a deal. Yeah, that that's eating pussy right there. That's eating pussy right yeah. there. <laughs> okay. So, which which by the way. Uh, Jimmy Wang Yu never ate pussy in his life. Yeah, exactly. Getting back to the point we started on, Jimmy Wang never ate the puss. Speaking of genitals, he goes straight for the dick pinch, the Vulcan nerve pinch in the balls. And he ain't afraid to get mouth deep on a dick because he grabs that dick, he's fondling it. Don't worry, sir, you have no testicular cancer, but also... I now have the advantage in this fight again. Right. So he, he yeah, he, he takes the advantage. The guy stumbles out into the restaurant. By the way, there were cooks in this restaurant and everything. A fight breaks out. People are being sliced open. No panic. Just, all right, Mike, going out no, for a no, smoke. No, 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 no. You notice why? Because they were all Chinese. So this is par for the course for them. They see Chinese cops murdering people in their kitchens all the time. I so, wonder what's Chinese for I'm um, going uh, on Smoko. I don't know. I, if I did, I'd probably sound racist, so I'm not going to go there. That's right. That's why we should leave it. at. Well, right. I'm trying to say that they got a little Australianized, so they said, all right, Mike, going on, going on Smoko. So they go out into the restaurant. Fang has a fucking chair shot. Beautiful tear, chair shot across the back. Yeah, by the way, everybody, the restaurant, full of people. For a guy, like I said, once again, for a guy who's such a piece of shit and full of himself, very Seagalish behind the camera, behind the scenes, he shows vulnerability. He gets, right. He's like, I'll let a guy kick my ass a little. He falls for Bugs Bunny level traps because he runs out of the kitchen and Bradley, the gunman, was hiding behind the door. He did a thing where he opened the door and then hid behind the, you know, where the door would open to. So Fango's running by him, and that allows Bradley to walk up with the chair. And as soon as that chair breaks over Fang's back, that's when finally everybody like turns and panics. And they don't even exit the restaurant. They form the fight pit. Right. You gotta watch this. They're like, we came for dinner. You know, one of the people in this restaurant was the woman who ran the fight ring in Lionheart, and she's like restaurant i never thought of that and I, then that's where she thought about exa- having fights in different she areas. was like parking garage abandoned pool abandoned factory oh my god this is amazing and right. then yeah you're right, right. she added restaurant right so uh bradley breaks a bottle and that is the last straw for fang because this fight literally goes on for nine minutes yeah it's a long fight and you do i like this about this fight is that you see both men are wearing their fucking wounds well. They're tired. They're fucking Bradley's pants split. Bradley's you pants see split in the back. He's got yell. They had to make sure it really, you know, like shone, right. shine. Uh, so it was very good, and you know, it, it it showed a lot, a lot here. And bottle finally ends the fight. He throws him into a prana tank. It empties <laughs> yeah, I out. Thought, I thought it was gonna be a lobster tank. It was like a fish tank. Something with to dead pin- fish inside of it. Yeah, it was dead fish, 
but something to like pinch him or something, get a little gag. I mean, before that happens, we get the little like thing where Maury and like Bob, like, where are they? I don't know, Mike. They probably went out for lunch, and then we see him dump him in the fucking yeah. And then Fang starts going through. He's a cop. He's going through the shit. He notices a dragon tattoo on the forearm of Bradley. and goes through his wallet, and he sees two cards, one for John Grantley Martial Arts Studio and one for the place called The Body Shop, which plays no fucking role in this movie at all. No. I was waiting for like a strip club scene or something. Maybe there's an uncut version we didn't see, and there is, but Body Shop doesn't matter. Back at the station. Uh, I think the body shop was a part of the 18,000 floor establishment that Wilton had. Okay. Well, I, I think that the, was the ground level thing uh, that we all saw. All I know is the, the martial arts dojo was part of Wilton's place. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so back at the station, Maury's like, Mike, you can't fucking do this. This is fucking Australia. You had a witness and you murdered him. And then he's like, what about this body shop? He's like, Fucking Wilton owns it, of course. We know that. So there we go. It's in the same building because we yes. know Wilton lives on one block. Yes. He has a building that is a mile high. And he owns every floor. And he owns every floor. He lives floor. on the penthouse. 18th floor. Deluxe apartment in the sky. That's right. And Fang is like... I this- bet... I'm sorry. I bet he has a hot tub on that roof. Of course he does. Yeah. Fang is like, this guy was a master martial artist. I, I, I barely beat him. I need to meet this Wilton character. Wilton, who is Wilton? Half hour into, we finally meet our man of the hour, the Tower of Power, George Lazenby, playing a villain. Please tell me more. You keep throwing the name George Lazenby around. What would we know Mr. Lazenby by? He's known as a guy who I learned just recently fucked his whole career up by thinking he was hot shit. Because um, oh, very petitious. He was the guy because Fang's doing that. He was the guy, the first guy to replace John Connery. Oh, no. And like you pointed out, to me, better fit because, like you said, he's more rugged. I'm actually not a big James Bond guy. That's just the suave, like, super spy thing isn't my thing. Yeah, no, I'm not. You know, know, if you know, listen to the show, I like burnt out, like, antiheroes is my kind of trope. But I read the books, like, about 20 years ago. They reissued the books. Oh, okay. And James. Sean Connery is the perfect James Bond because he's supposed you know, to be a guy. Ian Fleming hated Sean Connery too. I'm sure he did. Yeah, he I think he wanted uh, his cousin Christopher Lee to play James Bond. Wow, really? Yeah, because he looked at Connery and said, "You, I wanted a fucking Englishman in his 20s. You brought me a 33 year old Irishman. Is it Irish Scottish. or Scottish? Scottish? You brought me a 33 year old Scottishman, Highlander, Highlander. And after like the first day of shooting, Ian Fleming said. I am wrong. Sean Connery is James Bond. Right, because James Bond is supposed to be a ladies' man, but at the same time, he's supposed to be a guy that somebody like me or Griffin's like, I want to hang with that motherfucker. Exactly. He's cool. And so, because he's, he's a man's man and a ladies' man. I'm a man. <laughs> Roger Moore, no. No, he, I didn't like Moore. No, he's not a man's man at all. I think the one VHS tape I had when I bought it when I was like 15, I got it for Christmas because I thought I was a James Bond fan, was a Roger Moore. And yeah. I was like... And I'm not going to blame too much because James Bond is the epitome of the 60s and the 50s, like that vibe. So he was a he was a James Bond in the 70s, which so it was like he was at the mercy of what they because they, they, they were they were doing in the 70s. So it's not all Roger Moore's fault. Okay, and also it helps that as far as the books go, the best books were the ones the Sean Connery books. Like they didn't do they they, they don't do the movies in order. 
Like they just picked the best books. Right, right. And, so, and it makes sense that that's why Sean Connery's. And actually, one of the best books is Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which was George Lazenby. So I always thought like the movie tanked and it was because of George Lazenby and they didn't want him back. No, they wanted him to sign a contract for more James Bond movies. And he got, he's like, I don't need James Bond. I'm better than James Bond. Right. I want to be a real actor. And he just fucked himself. And you know, a few years later, he's doing a, the bad guy role for the man from Hong Kong. Um, I'm sorry. Before we move on to the movie, so you think the Fleming books are actually worth reading? Because uh, I want to. I want to. I love keeping my eye out for you know. I would say books. start with the Sean Connery with the Goldfinger. Yeah. Like, you know, not all of them are great. The, he he kind of starts losing things. I think. By the time like the last few come out, the movies have already been out, so he's just trying to churn them out. Okay, so, and so the last few are kind of meh. But when he was doing it just for novels, and yeah, I mean, all that. I mean, it's like they're they are what they are. They're just silly, like okay. they're almost a step above Sedaris. I mean, they're not that bad, but I'm saying, you know, it's like it's like you don't take this shit seriously, right? You know, so there wasn't anything overwhelmingly captive, but they are what they are. Yeah, they're entertaining. I'll they're say entertaining. that. Okay. Much. Okay. I mean, I actually bought them because the covers for the reissues were fucking awesome. They had like it was always like a hot woman with a guy with a gun, like cliche shit, like seventies like covers you'd have. So I like those. All right. Getting back to this. So he, first of all, he's got a mustache. Griff, scale of one to ten, how was George Lazenby's mustache? Thank you for you are the mustache expert. I am the mustache expert, and I will give this man his dues. Mister Lazenby can grow a stash, and he's got that perfect salt and pepper stash too. Yeah. And I got to imagine, and I got to put all my chips on this, because if I'm going to be, you know, 45 years old and possibly still out there slinging the dick around, <laughs> that's a phrase people use, right? Slinging the dick. Slinging yeah, the, the dick. The kids say it. Well, you know, you need to have a good salt and pepper mustache. Shows you, you eat pussy, and yet you, you know, you're also... You know what you're doing, because it's great. You're knowledgeable, yeah. and yet you You still, know where the clit is, yeah. You can still get in, get yeah. in. Between the sheets or something. I, yeah, I'm you, really good at this. You tolerate it. I don't talk when I talk to women. You don't need to. You got I just use the ice and the salt and pepper mustache, right? Right. Right. So he, Oh yeah, it's a it's an eight. Okay. That's good. That's good for you because you're really I'm strict. Tom Selleck only gets a seven and a half from me. Wow. Oh, I think Tom Selleck's is better than George Lassie. Yeah, no, I was just fucking with yeah. people. I think Tom Stelk's a standard bear for, like... That was for YouTube. I'm going to cut okay. that and just use that to address this episode. And you can do a sizzle reel. Yeah. Griff says Tom Stelk's mustache is that seven here and a half. When Griff puts it up. <laughs> so we got... Since, since uh, our hero is a martial arts guy, of course our villain's got to be a martial arts expert. So we see him in his dojo. He's complaining about his, one of his star pupils, Bradley. has been murdered. He needs to build up new recruits. So he's like, all right, show me what you got, mate. So these guys surround him. Again, we got to show – we show we we had the opening scene where Fang was beating up a bunch of his pupils. Now we have Wilton beating up a bunch of his pupils. Right. Finishes them off. He has, ta you know, bandaged, taped up his knuckles and everything right. like you do when you fight yeah. Sagat style from Street Fighter 2. And then he does this bold little move. And, again – Fifi must have been helping. I don't remember the guy's name. I'm sorry. Roger Ward. Roger Ward. Bob Taylor is the character. Ward. Oh. I should really know that name. My aunt's last name is Ward. Um, so he fucking does a full-on wrestling heel move. 
starts unbandaging his uh, his knuckles and everything, and he pulls a metal bar out. What? International object. An international. Let's not use the F word, people. And he gives a little wink to this broad that's with him. All right, so now we know uh, this guy's one tough hombre. Our Jimmy Wang, you better watch out. We saw he has the moves, and he saw that he cheats. So now we got to learn more about this character from Mori, who's been studying this guy for two years. Look here, Mike. This guy's got his fucking fingers in everything. He's officially an importer and exporter, but he's got his fingers in every bit of crime. He was shoplifting, fucking MP3 pirating. MP3 pirating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Rupees. Uh, meat pies. Cryptocurrency, mate. Haven't even heard of that, have you? It started in Australia. All right. And, you know, fucking prostitution, drugs, murder. Let me tell you about reverse mortgages another day. And he's like, but this guy, he's got connections up the wazoo. We cannot get this guy on anything. He's, even though we know he's involved with everything. He owns the city. He owns Sydney. And by the way, of course, we had a bunch of shots of the Sydney Opera House. That's the only landmark anyone outside of Australia knows is Sydney. So yeah. we see that all the time. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. And then he's like, I think I know what to do. I'm going to meet him. So the three head over. They just head straight to his office. Yeah, but Maury's like, you two go in. I, I don't fit the profile because he's a slob. You know? He likes clean people. Right, so they, so our, um, Bob and uh, Fang go up to the, the just below the penthouse where his offices are. Mm. He lives in the penthouse. Penthouse is on the 18th floor. His office is on the 6th floor. So they walk in. They're met by a secretary, Willard, who was in uh, another Mad Max connection. He was in Thunderdome. He was the guy who worked, the fat ball guy who worked for uh, Tina Turner. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay. You Aussies get around. Yeah, and he's like, he's giving them the run around. I'm sorry, but Mr. Wilton is gone. Right. And we're like, no, we know this motherfucker's in here. And so fucking uh, Fang just goes up to the door that goes to the next level. It, There's a muscle goon there, right. too. Takes him out him like nothing, walks in. Yeah, he walks up to the guy. The goon's just standing there with his arms crossed, like, look at him. Like, what the fuck do you want? And then Fang just starts punching him in the dick. And then, uh, you know, toss him over his shoulder and walks in the door. So he walks into Wilton's office. Willard steps in, steps in, sits behind the... the Calmly. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dealt with this before. Yeah, he's just like watching them. Like, what's going on? Offers guys? a cigar to, uh, to Fang. Fang slams the fucking case on his hand. Thank you. I don't smoke. Now, uh, Willard had called the guards, so after a minute here, while he's still applying the pressure with the cigar box, which Kojak smoothly would have got the cigars out and would have already been sucking a lolly. Right. As you heard from the, our episode of on Sunday. Of course you know that. We, we couldn't stop talking about right. that scene. So they're escorted back outside more. What the fuck you doing, Mike? You can't do this shit. Hey, don't give me shit. That's the only emotion you ever see from Fang through this right. entire... And again, the voice does not match the <laughs> face here because he's got this blank, like, what am I doing here look on his face? And yet you get, hey, don't give me shit, man. Right. Right. Well, he's grasping too much emotion into it. But, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, can't, I can't help it. I'm animated. Yeah, you're human. You can't I'm help excited. it. It's Saturday, Murray. We're recording. I mean, right. I'm excited. So now Wilton gets word from Willard that... Some guy is looking for him, so he calls up. He's like, this Chinese cop, 
make sure he has an accident. So accident. the very next day at his, his uh, hotel room, room service shows up. I like how they did this scene. They didn't fucking, no, they didn't fucking take around. their time with it or anything. No. It wasn't this long, drawn-out fight. Literally two goon, goons, goons show up at his door. They pull, like, they're doing the like the little trolley. Like, they have right. food on it. They pull a couple knives out. They knock. Homekeeping. Opens the door. Hiya, miss. Beat up. And Fang's just like, oh, well. And scene. That was all he needed. He pulls a chicken tender and a Bud Light off the cart. I'm <laughs> sorry. I put up Savage Beach, and I forgot Al Leong is in that movie. It's doing really well for us, too. It's weird how... It's weird how YouTube, our audience for YouTube is totally different than our, our podcast. Podcast, because yeah. podcast, the, the whatever they love on podcast, they they don't care for on YouTube. YouTube and vice versa. Yeah, I, ju- I I just love that when I was trying to find an image for the movie and I was like scheming. But it's only that one. We put up all three. We, the we did the Donna Can- uh, Taron trilogy. Yeah. of Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Picasso Trigger and Savage Beach, but Savage Beach is killing. The other two are just kind of eh, whatever. You Savage Beach is killing. It's because it. Al Leong. I believe it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, literally the only summary of it is Al fucking <laughs> Leon, and then the picture for it is Al Leon. He walks off. The, I'm sorry, I got to do this. He walks <laughs> off that boat when they're arriving at Savage Beach. And he's got the tight black shirt on, hair flowing, Fu Manchu, women behind him, two goons behind You're like, is Al Leong the head villain in this movie? Should have been. It looks epic. And I was like, yeah. that's the picture. Right. It's like Lawrence that's Arabia. It's so good. So next morning, we got to get some Tai Chi kata training footage. Right. Anytime. We all know this trope from our movies. You got to have a training montage in the morning to show that. Not only did they not waste a single day, they trained their bodies and their mind and their spirit and their chakras every day. Yeah. A lot of chi flowing right now. A lot now. of chi flowing. So as he's doing his katas, he notices a bird flying. And then he spots a hang glider. And then he's reminded of Karen line. Karen. <laughs> and he remembers not eating her pussy. Right. He goes, I bet it smelled. So he's he probably <laughs> does pitch his nose while he's a fucking close pin on his nose. <laughs> I'm going down. No, it's not even for that. And it's... then he just does like the fucking cat licks on it. <laughs> like, he does not even do that. My wiener is a penetrate. And she's you. like, I will now plug my nose. She's like, You're nowhere near my clit. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I, I have a great joke. We can't now. This, these, these times, I can't say it. But <laughs> if we were living ten years ago, you'd be laughing your ass off right now. Just so. put it under the context of man. This one guy said this joke that I don't quite agree with. <laughs> Not even going there. So all right. So he calls up Karen Line, and he got, she gave his her, his her number apparently, and she's she's not she's. She needed that pussy licked, so she called up an Aussie to do that. He went down under. I. <laughs> that's the best joke of the day. Yeah. Um, I just really appreciate this because Caroline was Caroline was kind of <laughs> joking around about how she got around, right? And he was just like, "Ha ha ha! I fuck white women every Tuesday and Thursday," and you could tell there was a bit of fragility in there. Like, wait, yeah. your life's not broken because I might leave tomorrow? Yeah. What's going on here? Because he's James right. Bond, after all. Right. Yeah. He's supposed to, yeah. And so she wakes up, and this big, burly Australian fucking cracks a Foster's over his head and just, like, eats the whole thing. <laughs> I don't even know how he did. It's amazing. You Aussies are amazing. Yeah. 
And then he chewed on a couple cigarettes still. And she's like, uh, I'm busy at the moment. What's going on, Fang? I need your help. I need some hang gliding assistance. I need an in. Because, of course, he's assumed all white people know each other, which apparently she does. And so they meet up, and they're just walking around. He's trying to still talk her into it, and he gives her this great praying mantis Please, metaphor. Murray, please tell me. In my country, we take two praying mantis, put them in a cage, and force them to fight. Don't you want to see me and Wilton do that? And she kind of like, you, you know, if this was modern times, we'd see like a little bubble glow up in her head, and she'd be like, okay, I did fuck this guy. He was like a four out of ten. No sexual movements. Didn't go down on me. Plugged his nose. Licked my face. Licked my face. Why did I give him a four? Why did I give him a four? That's she didn't all want she to seem racist. That's a, oh, my God. That's why she gave him a four. It was her first Chinese. And he yeah. got two points for it. Right. Is that racist? It's incredibly racist. <laughs> so, all right. She agrees to take him to Wilton's because he his cover is he's just his businessman. importer, exporter. Right. So they go to the party. Next thing we see, we see a beautiful woman with an apple on it. The William Tell move. William Tell. The Wilton Tell. The, there you go. The Wilton Tell. Murray, it's right there for we you. You see uh, George Lazenby with a crossbow. And, of course, he just shoots it perfectly. He's James her. Bond, after right. all. My James Bond. Everyone gives him a polite golf clap. like you Because, know, he, of course, makes everybody watch this shit. You know, at right. his parties. Right. And then uh, our boy uh, Fang and Caroline show up. So immediately, Fang somehow, I mean, we know, or excuse me, Wilton somehow does know that Fang has showed up because he was told about an Asian man who came from out of town. He's the only is, Chinese man who's not serving fucking food there. This is a racist fucking We will bad guy. certainly get to that moment yeah. there, but yes, that is what's happening here. And so he notices Caroline, Karen Line show up and with an Asian man. Right. And he just happens to put it together real quickly. And so Fang... Well, he's probably pissed because we don't know the timeline. Like, the, the room service thing could have happened, like, three hours ago. So he might be pissed off. He's like, I thought I told you guys to take care of this guy. That could be it, too. Yeah. And Fang just walks up, cuts straight to business, and is, like, asking him about uh, Bradley being killed. Or, no, uh, Chan being killed. Yeah, they're like, yeah, he's, he's, like, taunting him a little. You know, Wilton is. Yeah. Well, they both are. They're going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're playing in the atmosphere of we both know we're working at quote unquote hypotheticals here. And so he brings up uh, Bradley, the gunman, killing Chan and how he killed him. And he's like, Bradley was one of my favorite men. That's unfortunate that he died. And then he starts he starts twisting the knife himself. He's like, look here, mate. I like the Chinese because they make the best servants. They're obedient. I know more about your culture than you, even your martial arts, especially your martial arts. How about we have a little exhibition, mate? So we, he's like, gather around, everybody. I want to fucking show you some shit. I'm going to teach a China man about his own culture. I don't know, sir. I do not believe we should fight right here, right now. Oh, I've I'm yet to meet a Chinese without a yellow streak down his back. I will give them credit. He called them Chinese. He never said Chinaman. They said Chinese. That's right. Which I think is okay. I don't know anymore. Murray, I could not tell you. So they go at it. Of course, Fang just fucking 
pummels fucking Wilton. So Wilton's goons immediately with garden tools in hand. One guy had a fucking lawn dart he was whipping around. <laughs> I like that. That's why Canada and the USA shortly later. How is the Republican Party not taking up that fight yet? We need to bring. I think they don't remember. They've lost their sense of country. Okay, Murray. We both know politics works best on Twitter. Start up a new account. Okay. I don't. We'll free work, the. We'll work on a. We'll work on a name well, for our new Twitter account. But yeah, it'll be free the dart. Free, freedom darts. Freedom darts. Because all Americans have great growing lawns. Right. And we need great growing grass lawns. And we need our freedom They're darts. They're going to waste because we can't play lawn darts on them. That's right. Those things are blunt as fuck. I mean, if we're going to be shooting people, we should be able to throw lawn darts right. too. So, of course, Fang takes out all these goons. And he notices that one of them has that same dragon tattoo that Bradley had. So there's a connection. It's washing off because it went in the pool. And then he pulls out. He's got these little throwing knives. He starts throwing them, pins the guy's like hand to fucking something. And then fucking Wilton's standing there with his crossbow. Right. Fang. Fang pops up. He's got one ready, and he turns quickly behind him, does a 180 no-scope. He's getting ready to throw it, and he sees that Wilton has that crossbow on him. Right. So there's like a, I guess with two people, it's a Chinese standoff. It's a Mexican standoff with three. But what about Australia? I don't know. International waters, I don't know. <laughs> so Karen line goes, oh, you guys fucking cut this shit out. You men and your testosterone. Is she, like, ready to fuck? Is this getting her going? Yeah, of course it does. Women love violence, especially when they're the result of it. Result of it? The reason for it. Yeah, there you go. The impetus. Yes. And so she's like, Fang, I I need you to fang me. Let's get the fuck out of here. Did she want him to fang her? I don't know, but he didn't fang her because he's got (laughs) to keep his chi. Because he now has to go and check out Wilton's uh, place. Right. He's got no time. All he wants to do is beat the shit out of some dudes. He wants to grab some more wieners and check for more testicular cancer. So thankfully, back in the 70s, down, down pipes were fucking made out of titanium. You could climb up a building with these things. Murray, back in my uh, youthful days, my my uh, elementary school was a block away from my house in like the big residential square and everything. So that's what me and my friends would do. We would go climb the gutter to get on the roof of my school and hang out up there. What'd you do? Well, we would just throw rocks and shit. I mean, we're kids. What else do you yeah, do? Before the internet, I was just like, you just fucking putzed the bottle. Just threw rocks. Yeah. And threw rocks off the roof. Okay, so Fang is doing a variation of that, but he's doing it for the good of Hong Kong because he's climbing up there. He sneaks in the window they left open. Just happens to be to like the gym slash dojo we had uh, witnessed earlier when we were introduced to Wilton. You're right, and we overhears a conversation that um, this isn't an ordinary guy. This is the man himself, Brian Trenchant Smith. Oh, that was playing the role of Wilton Goon. I think the the his character's name was Martial Arts Goon or some shit. No shit. So yeah, he's 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 uh he's Carantinoing it. He's throwing himself. He in really there. does look like a director too. Yeah. I was gonna make a joke about how he looked like uh what's that one guy? No, never mind. Woody Allen. Yeah. And so uh, uh Fang bumps into something, alerts him. So he gets his ass handed to him as he would. He's just a director. Absolutely pummeled and. I'm sorry, ruining it. He comes back for more. Yes, but he takes he's taken out, we think. He's thrown through a window. And then the, then uh, Fang is in the dojo room, and all the students come. I guess they live there. It's uh, total modern wrestling booking, though, because 
you hear the music start. And then Fang stops. And he waits. And he looks around, shocked. He puts his hands to his face. And he's doing an O face. Whoa. And then nine dudes walk into the room. They slowly. Sur- they surround him. Slowly. Surround him. And then... For a while, it's just hand-to-hand. He's, he's, he's kicking ass. So they're like, shit, we got to get the weapons out. So they get, like, spears. They get that thing. It's like a nunchuck, but it's like three or four pieces yeah, of wood. Yeah. He gets the chop across. Fang gets, like, slashed across his chest again. Then he gets yeah. one in the leg, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And because uh, the guys have, like, they look like, I don't know what they're called, but, like, big machete-looking knives. and yeah, but Katas, maybe? Ta-ta's? Sticks, sticks with like the scythe kind of little knives. Were those there too? I don't know. I don't know. I, remember, I can't remember. I remember the big fucking like machete like things. And yeah, like you said, he's getting sliced a little because like un- he's very unsuccessful. Vulnerable, vulnerable. But he's still, of course, he's a hero. He takes everybody out. So then he goes for uh, he goes to get out the fuck out of there. Goes to the elevator. Two white guys are blocking the elevator. Yeah, handles them easily. No problem. Gets inside the elevator, goes down. Stopped. Electrocution. We see the guys with the screwdriver jamming it in there, and you know all technology for elevators is powered by just a jam screwdriver. So at this time, Brown Jensen Smith gets back. He's, he's okay now. He's got your four nunchuck thing. Right. So he dives down, slides down the fucking rope. They do this like it's supposed to be. Brian, you did it wrong here. They did it like it was supposed to be menacing. This guy got fucking handled no problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there were issues. I think he even said he was fucking hitting them for real. This is why, like, Roger War was like, you want me to handle this motherfucker? Oh, you mean Fang was hitting yes. him for real? He, like, yeah. He was, like, letting, you know, I mean, I don't think he's, like, full force, but he's connecting. And so, yeah, there's like there was because there was a tension between these guys. Because fucking Jimmy Wang, you thought he should be directing this fucking thing. I think he was on the impression he was supposed to be directing. This That's even movie. more interesting to know that Fang was. I I didn't realize you you waited for the podcast to tell me about this fact. Yeah. And you told me that these two, because Jimmy thought he should be directing it. That's incredible. That he yeah. was like, I'll throw my feet into the fire here. Right. So yeah, he takes them out. And then he lands. And meanwhile, the two white goons who were fucking with the elevator are running down the steps to meet him at the ground floor. I think he just handles them again, whips their ass, and then leaps out, a, busts out a window. Yeah, we're at street level now. Luck would have it. These two women are driving with a fucking Ninja Turtle bus. Two or three? There were two. There was, two. A, there was a white woman and a, like a Singapore. Asian, Singapore woman. Sail tonight for Singapore. And he just grabs he he just grabs on the side and they just don't even notice he's on the fucking fan for a while. How would you notice that? I mean, come on, he's very light. He's only ninety nine pounds. That's right. And so he slowly claws his way, comes up into the car and everything. And this is where we get the weird ADR of just like, uh, if we take him to the hospital, those men will kill him. He is a good man, and we must help him. Well, he said, "I am a, a police officer," and we know. They can, you cannot lie about that. We learned that when, when someone asks, a prostitute especially asks, are you a police officer? They have to say, they have to I say am it. a police officer. That's and true. maybe he mistook these women for prostitutes. There are women. And they're out late at night. Who knows? Why are these women out late at night? That's they got to be prostitutes in his mind. I heard that the Royal Guards, when they're in garb, don't have to tell the truth. I think you're right. Now, if you're an idiot to not believe they are Royal Guard with that hat on, that's on you. So they drive him out to the country. I think this was the same place that Mad Max was relaxing in. It, the it looked very similar. 
We learned that the Kandalini white wants his hand back. Did uh, this woman have a name? Who's a white woman's name? Oh, uh, Angelica. Okay, Angelica. I don't know about the Singa- Singapore well, she woman. She just disappears after this. Yeah, so. no. White woman literally refers to her as my Singapore friend. Well, we learn, yeah, we learn in Australia, if you're Asian, you're basically a servant in Australia. Uh, again, dead end driving. Uh, these are Brian, what's his name's politics. Yeah. And so we, uh, he, her father's, her father's place, he's a veterinarian. He's like old, you know, rural veterinarian. Usually, right when they meet him, he's, got his, he's like, Fucking elbow up a horse's ass, like doing something. Right. He's always putting, you know, feeling around that colon of a horse. Right. He's got colon fingers. And so they bring him in. He's like, "What happened to this man?" He's like, "He's an honest cop. You must save him, Father." Because he was, he was a little bit hesitant. He was like, "Are we sure he's not just like a thug or something?" No, he said he's a Hong Kong cop. He's definitely a Hong Kong cop. And this is, from for the rest of the movie, all we do is see Maury and Bob show up at the cleanup crew, you know? Right. So they're at the fucking uh, dojo. Right. And they're hearing the story, the six versus one. And the, the people that were there were like, we were fighting back in self-defense. And like, six versus one, self-defense with weapons? And they're like, they look at each other, this got to be Fang. So they head off. They don't know where they're going to find them, but they said, oh. The actual characters of the movie are down to bit parts, by the way. Yeah. Fang wakes up. He's all bandaged up. Angelica has some ginseng soup for him. Oh, my God. Ginseng soup. Murray, when you say that, my spirit just feels a little more cleansed. And he's like, this is, this is very difficult Chinese soup to make. Your Singapore friend must have made this. Tee-hee. No. I... Made it. And then he just slurps down that, much like a pussy. He's, he's better at eating soup than pussy, I'll tell you that much. I, he's got the Maybe slurp. put a little ginseng on the pussy and he can get it out. That might be it. That might yeah. be the secret to him because he has given her the eyes. He's given her the look. Like when you're going down on the woman, you look up at her and it just makes her melt. He gets it. But he doesn't get it. Maybe the nose clip, maybe the ginseng will help him. Next time I eat some pussy, I'm a little ginseng. Ginseng, Murray, come on. Uh, You should always have a grater in your pocket with some ginseng. (laughs) Right, or some ginger, you know. Look, in my my days when I was just following They say spice up your sex life. That's what they meant. They mean it literally, everybody. And once you realize that, oh, my God, your sex life is spicy. So from Murray to Murray. Maury goes over to Karen Lines because he has no leads. He doesn't know where the fuck uh, Fang is at. And he's like, look here, love. you got to tell me where the fuck he is. And she's like, I don't know nothing. I see nothing. I know nothing. She is upset. By the way, we alluded to this scene earlier. Why is she not into uh, Maury? Because he's a slob. She fucks every. She found a Chinaman and was like, I'm going to fuck that. Oh, excuse me. I did it. I'm sorry. You're, you're speaking from the 70s, though. I am. I'm you're speaking, speaking from as the a 70s. 70s character. Of course. Which was perfectly acceptable in the 1970s. Thank you. And so, uh, yeah, he, she's getting you nowhere. I was waiting for the scene. It never happened. Maybe there's a, some cutting room floor scene where, you know, when you have two characters, cop characters, they're loggerheads. There's got to be one scene where they have it out. And then they respect each other. Right. We never got that scene. Nothing. Literally barely did anything else with Bob and Maury after the, uh, like, oh. after the first act. Yeah. They're just in here for weird little bit parts. All right. So now we get a nice little montage of 
where, how many days, hours, minutes do you think this took? Eight hours. Okay, eight they hours. They got there late in the night, and they've been here for a few hours. He's finally come to. The, he's, he's healed. He's perfectly healed. His That ginseng healed his wounds. Of course. Ginseng yeah. heals all. We know this. Yeah, That's I'm why. I'm rubbing some on my knee right now from that ru- dog bite I got. Exactly. Yeah. We've been rubbing ginseng on your toe and your knee, and yeah. like. You were doing backflips on my front lawn. It was crazy. Yeah, but too bad your Federal Express delivery guy couldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a story. So, yeah, so we're getting a nice horse riding montage. Guys, this is where me and Murray. Why was there a fucking submarine like out in the middle of a field? What, Australia. Please, what is going on? Why is this stalker? Um, that's a little nod to Aura as well. <laughs> She was saying that uh, Matt Fern made her watch Stalker after talking about some of our movies. Stalker? Yeah, it's a uh, Russian director. Oh. He's one of those 70s guys. He's like okay. their Kubrick of the time. It's called Stalker? The movie is. Oh, okay. The movie is called Stalker. Okay. But that was the one she brought up. But Stalker had this look to it. Okay. It had abandoned like war machines and everything scattered across... Overgrown grassy fields, and that's what the it was like. Been a war in Australia? What's that exactly? It was like banana splits meets war uh, ruins. Okay, so yeah, we're just yeah they're just doing all kinds of shit. I guess you do when you're falling in love, you know. Mime work and everything, and we're firing up the sweets. Mime work. I'm firing it up. I'm getting you know why mime work because it's it's universal. It it there is no language. That's how you communicate. Again, Fifi, his reek of being a professional wrestler is all over the place here. Because what does Jim Cornette always tell us? When you have an audience that's in the nosebleeds and everything, when you're seeing it in low definition, we've got Laserdisc. We can read everything. Uh, You have to sell it to the audience in the nosebleeds. And that's what they're doing here. They're selling it to the audience in the nosebleeds. So she's like lowering herself down and he's like cranking a little reel and everything. They're playing charades, basically. It's charades. It's miming. It's awful. So then they're doing a little swim. They go to a little... uh, Watering hole. Water hole, yeah. Yeah, there we go. And they got a picnic. That's what you do when you're in love. This is where we get the fondue set uh, put out over a little open fire. And she's like, look, I'm in love with you. I've known you all of eight hours. Stay. Don't leave. I have to leave. Why? Because I'm Chinese. And she's like, well, how about this? Will this keep you there? And she does the old fucking, you know, slant your eyes thing. And he goes, <laughs> this is nice. Yeah. She tells him, would you settle for plastic surgery? They have a nice little giggle. And then she's like, well, can we at least fuck? If you could stand the pain. I think I can. <laughs> so, All right, because he's recovering. Yeah. She takes off her top. A little boobage there. They're decent boobs. And then, hey, 70s at least had natural bodies. And then he get he planks her. He gets on top of her, really rigid. <laughs> and Plank he, is the word. He yes. goes and licks her face. He goes in for the lick. What are those training dummies? I don't know what they're. Called. You don't know what they're. You called? know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Grip. This is totally a tangent. <laughs> But it fits. Murray, I'll let you know right now. We're at like one fifteen. Good, because I need to know. Please, somebody. I asked for this on Twitter. People were didn't know the answer. All right. I saw this uh, kung fu movie like forty years ago when I was a kid, like early eighties. All right. 
I'm going to describe it because I need to see this movie again. I need to know if, if if it's like just I just made it up in my head. This movie exists. I'm pretty sure this movie exists. I want I want so bad to know what this movie is. Okay, it's a kung fu movie. Okay, it was probably made in the late '70s, maybe like '80, 80, '81, early '80s, because because it was set in contemporary times. Everyone's wearing like bell bottoms and shit. It isn't one of those ancient China like. Okay, movies. okay, okay. The hero maybe was one of the Bruce clones, like Bruce. Lee L I Bruce Lee L E Dragon Lee one of those guys. I'm not positive on that, but I think it was like I think it was Bruce Lee L E. Okay. Okay, so the premise I believe was his girlfriend was like raped and murdered by like, three goons, and then he had to like fight each goon. Okay. So he had this uh, te- uh, practice dummy. Okay, so it was like shaped like a man. And I remember this could be totally out of my head, and it's not true, but I remember being on elastic like. Band so he could hit it and it would bounce away and come back in oh him. Oh my god! And it had pressure points like the lethal pressure points over the body. Yeah, yeah. So when he would hit, the, he would hit him like his two fingers, and then like a light, Christmas light would come out or like a hole where the pressure point is and show like you got the hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what happens is, so he goes through like the first two goons, and the final goon is wearing a fucking uh, white karate gi with a polka dot cape. I remember this fucking polka dot cape, and I think he had like. Like a top knot, like a crazy, like some like long hair and like like facial hair. So at the end, he starts doing a handstand and he's fighting the guy. And then the hero hits him in the dick because he raped his girlfriend. And instead of obviously showing him stab the guy in the dick, they show the fucking scene where he hits the fucking dummy and the yeah. light comes out to let you know his dick exploded. My God. And then I think it just ends right there. I will. I hope. Uh, please, people. That's the end of Murray's question. Please, please help him out Con- with that. Uh, I'm available on Twitter at G and G Theater. Please, if you know this movie, let me know. I have to see this movie. I know it's not a. We pic- might review the movie if it, yeah. if it holds up. I know it's not a picture, and it will not get the attention that just putting up a picture will. But yeah. you should put out a little bit of that description. See if anybody can help you out. People tried. I oh, I think we almost had it, but then the guy was like, "No, this takes place in like ancient China." Oh. I'm positive it took place in contemporary times. Okay. So uh, what I want to tell you about is a movie that we might have to do. If we do another Griffin in July, I kind of want to do something super stupid. Okay. And you will hate it, but we're going to do it. And we might have A, my sister, or B, my brother on for oh, it. I, see, here's the thing. I've known Griff for over t- 10 years at least. I've never met anybody in his family ever. That's true. Me and his brother have a rivalry between <laughs> each other. We've never even met. We might have them both of them. There might be a fight, I'm saying. I might be able to get both. That might be our first four-way. Okay, is I get we'll work on that. The Hagemans versus months. the Murray. Um, wow, he's going to gang up on me. Okay. But I love when you're talking about the lights popping out because yeah. one of the things from Three Ninjas is, light up the eyes, boys! And they would punch a dummy that had eyeballs, and when they hit the pressure points, the eyeballs would light up, and I yeah. wonder if it was inspired by that. Yeah, well, because that's the thing. The, there was the movie that guy thought it was, had a similar thing, except it was like when you because it was supposed to be ancient China, so you'd hit it and like red marbles would come out. Because <laughs> obviously they're not going to have the technology. Okay. For okay. So anyway, get back to this movie. All right. So they he just licks her face, and that's it. The scene ends. Oh yeah, we were talking about the sexual movements. Yeah. By the there way, wasn't much. 
This again did not raid. That dummy with the pressure points had more sexual movements. Exactly. Than this guy. It does not raid on this feeds and scale. Again, there's racism. There's no music. There's a bubbling brook, which would have gone a long Apparently, way. Apparently, Jimmy Wang Yu was pretending, or maybe not pretending, to eat flies before the sex scenes to creep out the women he was going to have the scene with. What? Yeah, that's according to IMDb. I don't know. The fuck is wrong with this guy? I mean, <laughs> I know he said he was racist against white people. Yeah. Especially white women. Okay, whatever. Anyways, you were saying next day. Next day, Wilton is checking in with Willard. He wants all his guys on Fang. He's getting nervous. He 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 got his, He knew he can't beat fucking Fang in a fight. So right. He's nervous now. He's lost some of his top goons and everything. So he's like, secure my building. Everybody, just come in. Make sure that no one comes in. No one comes out. All right. So now Fang is like he's uh, he's. These people are so nice. They're like, you can take our fucking Ninja Turtle van. We don't care. But Angelica drove. Angelica, yeah, she's like, I'm coming with you. Yeah. So they're driving. And like, by the way, this is such, this is such a guerrilla filmmaking. They didn't have any permits for any of this like fucking driving. Oh, yeah. So like people could have been driving like who lived in that area. Because they were literally one lane roads. Mm. And they were doing some crazy stunt driving. In That's my favorite part of filming when it's obvious. It's uh, Man, when we did that weird New York cop movie, I don't remember what that was called. We did it like last year. Where it's like a movie shot in the 80s and they had a dub over it in more modern times. Oh, New York Ninja? New York Ninja. I love seeing all that gorilla footage. It's fun. So they're going back to Sydney, and then they see two cars and a motorcycle to see them, and then start, they're working for Wilton follow them. So the uh, motorcyclist drives up, and he pulls out a time bomb, sticks it to the back of the van. Thank you. I did not even notice that. Yes, he does. Blows up the van, so they go flying off the road. Right. I thought I thought they just... Oh, my God. Is that a butterfly? Whoa. No, it was a time bomb. Time bomb. And they crash. Angelica is fucking dead. Jimmy Wang, you trying to emote. He's just like... Uh, she's dead. Drags your body out. He's more interested in dragging this body out. Usually, when you're grabbing a person and pulling them out from under the car, you get them from under you the pits. Yeah, you don't grab the hair. You yeah. <laughs> one hand on the hair, the other hand goes across to the breast, and drags her out, dumps her body. The car blows up even more. So the motorcyclist thinks, "Up, oh, there's it. We did it." He's Job like, done. "I need to make sure they're convinced that I'm dead." So I will let this woman char in the fire and everything, and I'll punch her a couple times. Make he sure he did throw his jacket on her and set her on fire. And yeah, I was like, they'll think it's me. They'll think it's him. <laughs> and so, but he did shed one tear. They zoomed in on it. Yeah, he shook her once and said, eh, "What was your name?" Karen. Karen. I don't know. All Kier. white women look the same to me. <laughs> and then the guy, bad guys, take off. So he. Uh, that carjacks somebody that drives up, takes the car, starts chasing after. It him. just happens to be like a was it a muscle car of some sort? It looked like it was fast. I don't know. The car's really sad in this movie. I yeah. mean, but they I'm sure it's because they're gonna blow them up, so they want to get them cheap. Good point. Know? So he chases after him, he knocks the motorcyclist off the fucking road, he goes flying into some motorcyclist more. realizes he's being followed, turns around, starts shooting at him, and yeah. then he gets just Hit by yeah. the car. Well, yeah, he goes flying into like some water. Yeah. Then he did, he knocks another car off the road, goes through a billboard, and then you get this long ass chase with the final car. And he's they're going through a construction zone, running people over. 
That's all right. Finally fucking knocks that guy off the road. He explodes. He he knocks him off the road, hits him again that tears the back off of the car like you were tearing off a Kit Kat bar or something. It just okay. cracks right open. Right. And he just fucking kills the guy. I mean, that's it. Yeah, well, the goon catches fire because the car explodes. Yeah, like there's it, a lot yeah. of great people on fire in this movie. I'll give Brian Trenchot, uh Smith that. Right, and so this is again where we get another shot of Wilton learning all more of his goons are dying. So he's like, "Double my protection on the building. I'm not leaving. No one comes from the bottom floor. Get people on the roof. Get people everywhere." Right, and then he goes to his secret vault that he has, pushes a button. First of all, like part of the room gets shut off by this like gate, and then a wall opens up. We see this fucking giant bank vault door opens it up. He's got. All kinds of weaponry and heroin and money and everything. And he grabs like a machine gun, like a submachine gun, loads it, places it on the counter, and sits and waits. Puts a nice fire on. He gets a whiskey going. Right. He's got that whole fucking big old snifter bottle, whatever the fuck they call them and all that. He's having a good time. And meanwhile, what do we got Fang up to? Because we know, it's like, now that we know it's going to be hard to get in there, how is he going to get fucking in there? Calls up Caroline again. Caroline, I need your help. Can you get me a kite? And of course, we know that's a hang glider. In America, that's a hang glider. Right. So she's like, I think I can do that, mate. So they get the fucking hang glider. They connect it to a boat. They drive down to Sydney Harbor. Right. He's flying. They cut him loose when they get close to the bridge. He just perfect lands fucking six-point landing right on the top of Wilton's building. Oh, God. Most agile man. In Hong Kong, so he knows how to fly a kite. Right. Lands on it. There's a goon waiting for him. He just takes him out. No big deal. Kicks his ass. No big deal. We got a cool shot of him punching him in the face when he was climbing up the ladder. Right. That yeah, was, he goes yeah. flying off. The- he does get shot. Uh, it grazes, like, it does it go through his shoulder or it grazes his arm? I don't remember. I think it just grazed his arm. Well, yeah, because they got to do something because we already know he's gonna, he could kick Wilton's ass. We've got to make him a little weaker. So he... he it, he notices they got those like window washer scaffolding that they use for skyscrapers. Grabs some rope, clips himself on there, rappels down. Right. As we're getting him rappelling, we have two characters we actually care about named Bob and Maury. They're still at the scene. At yeah, a we forgot to point scene. out the, the last uh, bad guy drives through a house. Yeah, that's where he has like how he crashes. And so we're, Bob and Maury are there, and they're just like, this motherfucker, that Fang again, he's going to be going to Wilton's place. We need to go over that way now. Right. So again, 10 steps behind, and that's, that's our best, most influential characters. They're 10 steps behind. Right. So Fang repels down, swings right through the window, right into Wilton's apartment, and this is where shit goes off. Wilton grabs his machine gun, starts fucking shooting. They're struggling. Bullets are flying everywhere. Security hears this, so they're, like, sending people up. But uh, Wilton had sealed himself up, so they don't even have a fucking key to get in this place. They have to, like, get a welding torch and fucking... The first they spent 10 minutes axing the door. <laughs> right. And so you're like, okay, that's it. And they literally fucking labor through it. 
And then it's like, oh, yeah, no, we actually have to weld through a door now. Why would you not bring the weld in the first place to burn through the wood? Anyways. So they're doing that. Meanwhile, Fang is just fucking uh, wilting up, throws him into this. There's an open pit fire in the middle of the room. He throws. Very 70s. Beautiful conversation. Pit. Conversation, Pitt Murray. I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to bring it up. Right. Throws him on the fire. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We already, real, we already said George Lazenby basically committed career suicide by saying, I don't want to be James Bond. So yes. I, I got to believe he was susceptible to Bronchenjad Smith saying, we're going to set you on fire. We're not going to do stunt, man. We need to see you. And a normal, reasonable person who has a career would be like, fuck no. I'm not letting you set me on fire. Would you let, even with all the safety, Joe, would you, I would never let myself be set on fire. Because you don't fucking recover from that. You're fucking maimed forever if you get if it, things go wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on the scene, if it was just like, oh, yeah, you'll just be like running and diving. Fine. But this is like an epic fight. He's supposed to be on fire for a long right. I would not do this 100%. And so Brian Trenchard Smith kind of pussies him out by saying, well, I'll do it. And he sets himself on fire. So he's like, see, it's no big deal. So he's like, all right, I'll fucking do it. So we get the scene where he gets literally thrown in the pit. Yes. Dry as a day. Dry, dry, dry as something. Dry as Caroline's pussy. Thank you, Marie. After getting eaten by, not eaten by Fang. Yeah. After an evening with Fang. And let's say that. the next shot, he's just lathered in peck jelly. He's yeah. dripping with it. Obviously, it's, he's got to be safe. It's a one-second edit where he goes into the fire dry and he comes out of the fire and immediately hair slicked back, <laughs> suit dripping wet. But amazing scene. It looks great. It looks really good. Because he is literally on fucking fire. Yes. And he's being punched. Yes. And kicked, kicked and punched. Because they put it, they do it in slow motion, but it still feels like it had to be at least 30 seconds. It felt he was forever. on fire. It was good. All right. Here's the problem. Or he, he's supposed to just pull his jacket off. Obviously, when you're on fire, you can maybe panic a little. He's having issues getting yes. the fucking jacket yes. off. It was probably well fit to him, too. Right. So he did get a little burnt on his arm, and I guess he was rightfully so pissed off and punched Brian Trenchard Smith in the face Right. after the scene. But it looked fucking amazing. It was it well worth it. Dude, it looked really good. I'm sorry I didn't realize your name. I'm sorry you did I didn't realize you were actually the Bond in the movie I've been talking about, and that's... I only realized like fifty minutes after you talked about it in this episode. Yeah, I didn't realize that was actually Bond. Well, it was. It was. Well, he technically he was only Bond for one movie. So, well, still, he was Bond for one movie, yes. and it's the movie we talked about. And I still didn't put the two together yeah. until very recently. So, like, but he he. he he he's a wimp. He's a wimp. Well, no, he's actually when he just rips off, he rips the jacket off, throws it at Fang, and's ready to fight. He's pissed at this time. Oh yeah, but oh, he still God. gets his ass kicked. Yes, he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, he's not okay. He's not a wimp, but he's, he's he not just he's fight. not up. He's not at Fang's level. Yeah, all right. So Fang like knocks him out. Then he goes into that bank vault, and he's looking around. There's all kinds of goodies in there: drugs galore, money, bombs. Sees that heroin. Does a gummy to make sure. That's right. He's like, mm, that's some good heroin. Puts it in his little tracksuit. If it was a Sedaris movie, you'd have little RC cars with bombs on them. <laughs> right, all lined up. Perfectly. Boomerang bombs. Then he goes over to Wilton. He picks up a grenade. Goes, hmm. Goes over to Wilton. Next thing we see, he pulls out some masking tape. This wouldn't have fucking worked. No. 
He puts the the grenade in Wilton's mouth and then masking tapes it all around his face. It what looks like they, a mummy. They call this like a, I think they call this a pineapple grenade. It's like the classic grenade that you see everywhere where yeah. it's like at the ridges cut into it and all that. Right. And he pops it into his mouth. And we all have seen these grenades. But instead, there's like a uh, turkey temperature gauge on it. And he's like, this is a timer. And 35 seconds, this bomb will go off if I pull this pin. Right. They literally did paste that on there. If you sign this confession, I will let you go. So he pulls out. First of all, this would never hold up in court. This is the epitome of like under Our duress. Eight women fan right now are going, I listen to true crime. Eight? I think you're going really overboard. I'm trying, Murray. I'm yeah. trying. I, look, I'm trying, hey, too. I'm pushing it. No, no, no. I'm pushing I'm pushing it. Just, yeah. just let it go. Just okay. let it go. Guys, I edited that out, right? Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, so our, our fucking 14 women fan are loving this because they're like, true crime, I know this case. You can't sign a confession under distress. And this is clear distress. He's got a grenade in his mouth. Right. And as far as we know, he's a respectable businessman in Sydney. I just listened to a criminal episode where they got a guy to sign a confession. And multiple people are like, no, he was in but jail you, you at the time. Remember, though, he's the man from Hong Kong, not the man from Sydney. That's so you point. can get away with this shit in Sydney. That's I right. mean, in Hong Kong. That's right. So he's like, you know, he's, he signs the fucking confession. He puts it in his pocket. And then the goons finally break in. So that distracts. The, it shocks Fang for a second. He pulls the pin accidentally. Right. And then he's like, well, fuck. I got to put this guy in somewhere where it won't destroy the whole building. Right. So he throws him in the vault, closes it up. Runs out. So, okay, oh. why? I mean, I, it doesn't really, I guess it doesn't matter because you're in a vault, you're going to die no matter what. When you pull it out of your mouth, it's masking tape is holding it. He's acting like he can't get the fucking grenade It's not out of duct his tape. Mouth. Like duct tape, you have to get like an edge on and everything to rip it off. You know, a lot of these tapes are hard. But we, I mean, masking I, I understand we got for the visual, we got to have him blow up with it in his mouth. Yeah. And yeah. He, so he's still struggling. Our boy fucking Fang repels all the way down with Maury and Bob waiting for him down there. Yep. And they're like, oh, and hey, yo, he, Well, he, they were just like, hey there, mate. How you doing? Where were you up down in this chamber? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're a hard act to foul, mate. What's the encore? And then, boom, the whole fucking Because building. Fang says, hello, gentlemen. <laughs> I have all the evidence that Wilton needs to be locked up. I have heroin. I have a confession signed and written and notarized signed, by... Sealed, delivered. Him. Signed, sealed, delivered. Have you ever heard of Motown? And boom, the whole fucking floor blows up. Because of the encore. But it wasn't jet fuel, so we're okay. Well, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's, just, that's trouble. What? That's just, trouble. I'm not you applying can't, anything. I'm you can't saying. say jet fuel anymore. Okay. You can't even be like, hey, this is how a plane works. We use jet fuel. You can't do that. Anyway, Fang just shakes his head, walks off into the sunset. He just murdered a guy, a, a prominent businessman in Sydney. But he, yeah, he's a cop. He can do what he wants. That's right. And then we hear that beautiful song, Sky High, because they got to get their, they paid 50 grand for that song. They got to play it at least one more time. Yeah. I Just two times in a movie is impressive because we've done movies where it's like 45 times throughout the movie. You have to hear the song they paid 10 grand for. Hey, what do you know? Got one in under two hours. Aren't you happy about that? You can listen to that on regular speed, Abra. That's right. I mean, she looked and saw there was no gas and was like, I can get through this one. Yeah. All right. Next month. 
I tried to come up with a clever name for this month, but I, 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 I'm. We'd even workshop it. You just no. said, "Oh my god, this is kind of what maybe, Look, maybe TBD." Let's TBD that. Don't say we don't do shit for you because my last poll I ever put up on Twitter, I said I floated the idea because I know we got some very perverted fans. They're the worst. They are. They're like, we want more of you talking about gobbling, ge- gobbling glad, dicks, yeah. and fucking I'm choking down puss. I'm glad the pussy talk was good, good content, for right? Because it's gonna be a month of that. Because I flow the idea. Do you want us to do sex thrillers? That's a genre we haven't really explored yet. I yeah, I'm not even sure I know what a sex thriller is. Well, you will know by the end of this month. I feel like some of our Giallo movies were sex thrillers. Yes. Well, I'll talk. We'll talk about that. Cause I think the giallo is the, a subgenre. No, is the uh, epitomus, uh, epitome or uh, impetus? That's not. I'll go with that because I'm, I'm struggling with the word, but it's close enough. But yeah. yes, I believe that was like the uh, the the origin, the origin of okay. the American sex thriller. I think it was comes from this, and we'll explore that when we do it. Are we doing Basic Instincts or whatever? That no, was we're called? not. But we are going to be doing. No, I specifically pick movies that by today's standards are prob- were totally fine when they came out, but are totally problematic now because we'll have some fun with that. Right. So we're going to start out easy with the first one. We were just talking about Brian De Palma. By the way, you guys, unanimously, I've never had a poll that was like 95% yes, two people I don't like to fuck. And you got 400 votes for it. 4,000 votes for it. My God. Yeah. And so we're going to do a Brian De Palma one. This is when we're going to start out easy. It just has a little bit of racism in it. It's called Body Double. I picked this just because it's set in the world of 80s porn, and we know I like 80s porn. So we're going to start you out easy. We're going to work into some very problematic areas, but you trust you can trust us. We're going to navigate it. We're going to lead you through it. Yeah, no, we're looking at this through a modern lens. Look, we need, we I accidentally said China Man once and I felt terrible about it and I well, said it again shouldn't. to reference the fact. Why well, I don't you know, I don't even know why you should because is if you say Englishman is that offensive? I don't know. It's just that that word has a negative connotation. And we want people to trust us and want people to understand. Of course they have to trust. If you don't trust us by now, you're never going to trust us. You got to. But I just want people to. I want to make it very clear for people. Yes. Because at times we blur those lines where some weird people from Detroit, we never show our faces. Like there's no way. There's there's no way you could ever see the face of Griff as a cowboy being compared to another cowboy in a recent movie. There's no way. People like that. That's good. It didn't go big because, you know. Because. Right, they're a little ashamed of how sexy I am. Right, they're intimidated. That's right. We intimidate. That's why we don't show our pictures. We're intimidating. Yeah, we're that yeah. beautiful. Well, your name's Tim for a reason. Yeah, exactly. And my, my mother Tim? said this is an intimidating baby, Tim. Yeah. So yeah, so we're gonna do body double. Uh, you asked for it, and we're gonna give it to you real hard. And you better, over any circumstances, keep it warm this month. And we will not be putting a clothespin on our nose. We're going fucking face mashed in there. Muff diving. Keep it warm. <laughs> 